Petrophile.com today. The Money Show. The Markets. On to Merrill Peck, and Merrill is with the uh, portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group on the line to us from Cape Town this evening. And the world markets are flying. We've got the United States, I think, hitting records today, Merrill, while the rest of us sit watching longingly at what is happening elsewhere. <laughs> Good evening, Bruce, yes, and good evening to your listeners. Um, I think the U.S. economy is starting to steadily up, and I suppose that it's filtering through um, into equities and excitement about um, beyond a recovery, perhaps even a true simulation of growth in that, in that economy for the next 12 to 24 months, um, seeing increased political stability, I suppose, there since, I mean, Gosh, how many months ago were people storming the capital? Um, but now <laughs> the new um, cabinet has settled in and uh, President Biden is announcing his plans and uh, um, the wheels are, are, are turning in the U.S. economy. And, I mean, uh, Joe Biden's had his first 100 days and people are talking about he's managed to achieve considerably more than anyone actually imagined he would. Even his... Um, tougher tax proposals, which um, they do threaten mm. some of the super rich in the United States, potentially affect the uh, large corporates in the United States, which are often accused of not paying their fair share of tax. Not even that is mm. having a negative impact on sentiment on markets. Yes, I think attention has turned to the U.S. consumer. You know, throughout um, COVID, clearly many many households were impacted negatively through job losses, etc. But um, in that uh, country, the, the government really came to the party supporting households for um, differently from the 2008-2009 crisis, where a lot of the support went directly into the financial system. And perhaps the critique was it never made its way from Wall Street to Main Street. This time, the checks went straight to Main Street, you know, and um, indiscriminately so. So for those households that actually there was still stable employment um, and spending actually was cut off because of the various social restrictions, um, those households are actually putting on pent-up savings, record-high savings. Now there's been another stream of um, consumer support or household support um, measures announced, but targeted at the lower, uh, again, the lower end, but impacting almost everybody. Um, there's a, there are a lot of measures actually going towards the average consumer in the U.S. And I think if you think about the repercussions of that, spend on fuel, on consumer goods, on um, services, it's it's got, America is a consumption economy, so so this is actually quite good for GDP as a whole, let, leaving the tax issues aside. Um, certainly, when one looks at GDP in the United States, the United States is often the the rising ship or the ship that rises first in the global economy. We've got you know China's actually performing well, the United States is performing well, and I suppose it's it's a question of vaccines and how long that takes to get uh, sort of properly administered in South Africa as to how quickly we start participating back in the global economy once again beyond commodity exports, which of course, as we know, are booming. Beyond commodity exports, beyond agricultural exports, both of which have been um, strong, supporting the trade balance and then supporting the rand. Um, I think a lot of that uh, activity 
um, supports the local economy. If you see all the services and small businesses that um, feed into the mining sector, feed into the agricultural sector. But another, let's say, our our economic engine is not yet firing on all cylinders. And a, a key um, um, cylinder that we need to refire is the tourism industry. Um, and I think the vaccination program there is a, is a big catalyst um, um, to that, particularly if um, the vaccines that are used abroad have varying levels of efficacy against the South African variant, perhaps. Um, those countries would need the confidence that we ourselves have a certain amount of herd immunity before resuming travel. But I think if, if that kind of cylinder can can start firing again, the the, the informal sector or the the, the the many of the consumers in, in South Africa will find themselves in a much more sort um, of position with cash in the, in the hands. And then one last one, just a quick thought, if you would, on Saham, which is the North African um, insurance company in which Sunlum has taken a controlling stake in the last couple of years and has now um, sort of not quite doubled down, but taken a, a even bigger position within Saham. Do you see this as positive for Sunlum? Yes. Um, yeah, they certainly are backing that expansion strategy. I think it's, it's, it's positive and negative. I think um, it talks a little bit to, um, um, I suppose it speaks to the maturity of the insurance business within um, South Africa um, and the fact that at this point that uh, is a comment, I suppose, on the, the growth that um, the insurance sector in South Africa offers. The fact that they are investing um, increasingly so outside of SA's borders and focusing on the EM market strategy says to me that they think the prospects for the local business are reasonably limited. Um, Saham has had you know, mixed success and a mixed um, track record. So one could say the jury is still out as to whether this has been a great uh, capital allocation decision or not. Um, but Sunlam Management has run certainly the South African business very well over the last um, five to ten years. So I would say let's give them the, the benefit of the doubt that um, they can see long-term potential in our uh-huh.